Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Time for another episode of our Let's Talk About series. And this time it's all about Alexander Izak. I'm Andy Musgrove, joined as usual by John Gibson. But we've got a very special guest, perhaps the biggest fan of Alexander Izak on Tyneside, maybe even Europe, perhaps even the world. Do you know who it is? Well, if you're a regular listener at this podcast, you may have already guessed. It's Sam Mulnat from Newcastle Fans TV. Sam, thank you for popping on to the show. How are we keeping? Good. That's the first time I've been introduced as a very special guest. That, that's, 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 a bit, that's a bit overkill, if you ask me. What about the rest of it? Was the rest of it right, though? Oh, the rest of it was a treat for someone who's essentially a fat man sat in his kitchen. <laughs> I wonder if Alexander Izak knows of your love for him. Do you think he does? No, yeah, of course he doesn't. I, well, no, no, I don't think he does, but uh, it, it's very much there. And we're going to get into that. Uh, John, how are we keeping you? Had a nice week? Yes, all's been good, my friend, all's been good. And we're talking about Alexander Izak, uh, a man who is still very young uh, and has really the, the, the world at his feet and in his best years ahead of him. Uh, John, when Izak signed even if we if we forget the injury concerns, which we will talk about, did you expect him to have such an impact in his first season at Newcastle? I was hoping, but I didn't know too much about whether he could step up in the Premier League and have the sort of impact he's had. But once you saw him consistently, once you saw him against Liverpool in his debut, before the injuries, I mean, that debut was almost as close as the debut of my very special mate, Supermac against the same opposition Liverpool when Supermac scored a hat-trick. Because for me, Isaac scored twice. The fact mm. that the second one was ruled off so relevant. It was a stunning, stunning goal as the first one was. And this was at Anfield. And I just sat there and thought, what have we got here? Is this something special or special? And then, of course, we got into the injury and, and the hesitancy of how to bring him back into the, into the side. And then he was unleashed. And this kid's got everything. Good feet, pace, astute awareness, 180-degree vision. He's got everything going for him to be uh, one of the all-time greats of Newcastle United. I all, I Similarly, as Sam is a big, big fan of Isaac, I am, but possibly not as big as Sam because Sam's... Uh, the number one, as you've already said, but uh, for Isaac. But I'd already remember, you probably will, Andrew, that we talked about uh, in a previous podcast, various awards, best goal, best assist, etc., etc. And I give both of them last season to Isaac. I said the best goal scored by Newcastle United was his goal against Forrest when the ball came in behind him and he flipped out his, his heel and flicked it over himself and over the keeper in the far corner. I mean, that was quality. To be able to do that, I mean, he was ahead of the ball. He turned the poor ball into a goal. And that, for me, was the best goal of the season because it had class. And the best assist is when he went up the byline against Everton and bamboozled about 17 players or the beard. Everton had 17 players on the pitch and just set it up for, for um, Murphy. Uh, I mean, those skills, considering he was on the touchline, so he had he was on the tram line, he had nowhere to go on his left-hand side. I mean, one of the defenders that he beat early doors, 
had the stupidity to go back again and try to tackle him again, and he got done a second time. I mean, ludicrous. So the best two moments for me of the whole season, individual moments, were provided by Alexander, and um, I think that's how good he is. Um, the trick now, because he's already become the second Swedish Abramovich, he is the... Um, is Thierry Henry, is everything. And I can understand those comparisons. The trick now is, in your second season, you not only do as well, you do better. You score the number of goals Wilson scored last season, 18 minimum. You actually, if you stay fit, you score 20 with his class. And then you're suddenly saying, oh, we have a world-class player. And I think... The interesting thing there, and I've got to let Sam in because it's his man here. The last thing I want to say about that is, will he get 20 goals? It depends where he plays. If he played regularly centre-forward, he would. If he plays outside left so that we can have him and Wilson in the side, and I can understand wanting them both in the side, then it's more difficult to get 20 from a wide position. But he is the real deal. He certainly is, and... I mean, we'll, there's a lot of points there to pick up on, John, not least the, the position debate. But, Sam, I just want to go right back to the start because I asked John whether he felt Isaac could make a, such an instant impact injuries aside. You are a man who very much felt he would do. I mean, you, you, you want a job at Newcastle United the way you're scouting these arrivals, don't you? Yeah, Isaac Tonali. I call, I wrote a piece for Newcastle Fans TV three years ago. Um saying we should sign Alex Isaac and Sandro Tonali should a takeover ever happen and look what's happened. Um, I need to be on someone's payroll. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, because I knew we were doing this today, I went back and had a look um, because when we uh, when he first signed, I got asked to do Sky Sports News to talk about him and I just and they uploaded it onto their YouTube. So I just looked at the comments from kind of opposition fans about what I was getting people calling me a clown because I said he could be Newcastle's Aguero. Not a direct comparison between the two players, but in this fact that he could be the guy leading our line and 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 as John said, scoring 20-plus goals every season. Um, it's always been in the back of my mind that he could be Thierry Henry-like, um, but I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't too quick to say that because... That's a that's a mighty comparison to make. One of the greatest Premier League strikers you'll ever seen, probably second only to uh, and the original number nine. But he's he's got everything, like John said. He has got everything. Has he got the skill? Of course he has. Look at what he did against Everton. Has he got the has he got the finesse? Yes. Look at the the goal that he got at Forest, like John said. Is he good in the air? Look at his header against Wolves. Perfect textbook header from a free kick. Um, he's got it all. Took took a, a little while to to bed in, despite an amazing debut and still scoring two in four goals, uh, two goals in four games. Sorry, um, before his injury. But it was against what Eddie Howe normally does with uh, well, like the new marquee signings. Bruno didn't get in the team straight away. Botman didn't start the season in the team. Um, Isaac had to because of injuries and Chris Wood not really being the level that we were about now. Whereas before, Chris Wood would have probably been one of the first names on the team sheet in some alternate universe somewhere. Um, it, he's, he's adapted superbly and, and the key to, to keeping him fit 
next season is is the only thing stopping him from getting twenty plus goals. Um, I don't mind him on the left when we're chasing a game, like we saw um, Southampton. Wilson brought on at half time. Isaac moved to the left. That's fine, but but from the start and for a normal sort of game, he's got to be playing down the middle. But yeah, I like to think uh, he's shown some of the critics in them YouTube comments um, that uh, he is the real deal. Well, I remember being to James Park and someone who has got many years' experience in watching players and scouting players and what have you said to me, they need another striker. This this guy can't score goals. And he's at went and scored that day, um, which um, I, didn't, I haven't reminded of him yet. If I see him next season, I might do. Um, but, you know, he is... He has shut up the critics. On the injuries, uh, Sam, he missed 12 games, didn't he, with a thigh injury. Does that concern you? I mean, because we, we talk about Callum Wilson's injury record, and, and in my view, we need another striker, mainly because can you trust Callum Wilson to get through a full season? And there is something in the back of my mind which says, is Isaac also, you know, can you bet on him to complete a full campaign? Am I just being a little bit too sceptical? Possibly. Remember when Eddie Howe said he can't, he's not ready for to 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 do ninety minutes for for this team that works incredibly hard and defends from the front with the, with such a high press. Um, it doesn't concern me. Players pick up injuries all the time. Look, it, it gave him a chance to to get that bedding in period. Um, it's a shame he couldn't come back a little bit quicker because, as you know, from our, our time in the Dolphin the day before the Cup final, I was the only one in the whole place that, that would have started him over Callum Wilson in the Cup final. Excuse you, me, you, excuse me. I no, If you go back, I, I, I definitely said you should start Alexander Isaac. I you? wrote about it in that week. I said it on podcast. I'm, I'm sure we, I even said it to John. I can yeah. remember you getting all misty-eyed and bowing down to Bob Monker's experience and going, yes, Bob, yes, yeah, yeah, Callum Wilson should start. You're right, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that's a lie. Goodbye, Sam. We've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on now, guys. Come on now, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, it is interesting because I think, I th- for me, John, that was probably one of the one of the most frustrating things about last season. And it goes into the fact that he probably wasn't fit enough in Eddie Howe's eyes. But I think he should have started against Manchester United in, in the final. And I think, because for me, he was man of the match. He came off the bench and he was Newcastle's most threatening player. And he, he I give him man of the match because no one else really stood up and, and had Manchester United rattled like he did in that second half. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I touched on it at the top of the programme, you said we'd be talking about it later, Andrew. The situation, Eddie Howe rarely changes his mind. He sticks to his guns, bang, 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 bang. He did not hear. Here, Eddie Howe said, these two, Wilson and Isaac, cannot play together. He kept saying when the press were pushing but surely Isaac's got to be in the side. Isaac's got to be in the side. He said, well, they can't start together. Him and Wilson, there might be the odd occasion, but they can't start together. By the end of the season, they can't start together. Must, had changed to must start together. And they, they, they were the first two names on the team sheet because they were goal scorers and because they had quality, although different types of quality. And to do that... Isaac often started on the left with Wilson down the middle. The The difficult thing for Isaac is such a good all-round player, he can almost play anywhere. Wilson can only play in one position. 
Wilson's got to play between the sticks, attacking the goal from the centre of the pitch. He does that very, very well. He does that well enough to be in the England squad. But he couldn't play out wide. Yeah, he hasn't got the attributes. Whereas Isaac, perhaps to his own detriment, because it's taken him out of his best position, and I am a great believer his best position is centre-forward. But then what do you do with Wilson? Impact sub, or if you want two goal scorers on the pitch, you've some, somehow got to get them both on. And the answer has been one centre-forward and one outside left, if you like. And, and that's the decision for how this summer. Let's say the players are both fit. What do you do? Do you sacrifice Isaac for the good of the team and play him out wide left so you can play Wilson? Or do you play Wilson as a bench player? Because I'll tell you one thing that he will do. Isaac will start for Newcastle United this coming season. It's what position he starts in. But he well, is, And bear in mind that he's a centre-forward. He's a Swedish international centre-forward. He's not, that, That's his position, the same as, as Wilson. Yet he was played out wide left, ahead of Joe Linton, ahead of San Maximum, ahead of Murphy and Almiron that can play either side and Gordon that can play either side. He was starting ahead of the of orthodox wingers, playing out of position. That's how good he is. But a decision has got to be made by Eddie Howe who plays orthodox centre-forward. And if I was Isaac, that's the position I'd want to play. But can you afford to leave your top goal scorer, Wilson, out of the side, who scored 18 Premier League goals, the most he's ever scored in his career. And by the way, Isaac helped make Wilson. Wilson got back in the England squad. He went to the World Cup. Then he had a terrible dry period and a little injury. Then all of a sudden, Isaac's in there with him and he starts scoring goals again. And he gets in the England side at the end of the season and scores his second England goal, albeit in the penalty spot. Isaac had a great input in that. But it is a real, real problem. Nice one. But it's a real problem for Eddie Howe. Who is Newcastle's number nine on the opening day of the season? And if I'm not mistaken as well, in that final, he sort of played as a number 10 as well. So that throws a number, another dynamic into, into Eddie Howe's thinking. I mean, for me, I think it has to be Isaac up front and Wilson from the bench. I think I was one of those people that was calling for Isaac to start on the left for a long, long time before Eddie Howe did. But then after a few games, I kind of went back on myself because I didn't think he was effective enough. I thought he looked, he looked restricted. I don't think he looked like he was enjoying himself. And I think teams kind of, they didn't really have to work out how to stop him because half of the battle was that he wasn't enjoying it either. And he kind of, in his head, I think he presented an advantage to the opposition by thinking, mm, I'm not too comfortable here. And I agree with Sam. I think if the if something needs to change within a game, then fair enough, push him out on the left, bring Wilson on. That's a good, a good thing to have in your back pocket. But from the start, for me, Isaac, is, I don't think he's effective on the left enough to, to be there game in, uh, week in, week out. What about, what about you, Sam? I think what we have to consider is just to sort of, sort of play devil's advocate a bit is do you change formation going into this season? Because, because as, as John says, he can play anywhere along that forward line. He's played left, like you say, Andrew, he played number 10, um, he was there for a bit at Brentford away. He, he played uh, number ten when Wilson got put on against Fulham, where we got the last uh, last minute winner at home. 
Um, he's done great things off the right. If you go back and think to the um, semi-final first leg at Southampton, he set the goal up for for Joe Linton coming off the right-hand side. He can do it all. So a 4-2-3-1, for instance, do you, do you put Isaac in the 10? You can still have your two wingers with Wilson up top and then you've got Bruno and Tonali, which is one of the, if not the best midfield duo in the Premier League apart, well, it's, it would certainly compete with Manchester City, there's no doubt about that. So th- it's it's an interesting one that maybe Eddie Howe has to consider. But on the other hand, the four three three worked fine. And what we're all about now is needing strength in depth to to compete on all fronts, not just the Premier League and a bit of a cup run. There's European jaunts to be had as well, and we want to compete in everything, don't we? Two big calls there, John. Do you, want to, do, you want to, do, you want to, do you want to address the two big calls from Sam, the change of formation and then the... the, the well, the, the, the interesting thing, just throwing devil's advocate and throwing a little bomb in the works for a bit of fun, the interesting thing is that, from my point of view, while Eddie Howe knows how good Isaac is and knows that he's got this great um, weapon to his artillery, he is also a, a great lover for many seasons of Callum Wilson, going all the way back to Bournemouth, when he got Callum Wilson his first England caps at a club like Bournemouth, with all respect to Bournemouth, I'm talking about the stature of the club, and he got him in the England team. Now, he's just finished the season with 18 goals in the Premier League. Do you think on the first day of the season he'll actually leave Wilson out and put him on the bench? It's, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying he shouldn't, and I'm not saying... Well, I've already said Isaac, for me, is Newcastle's best number nine. And that's saying something, because I rate Callum Wilson. Totally different sort of player. But do you think that he would put Wilson, after his 18 goals last season, and back in the England squad, top goalscorer at Newcastle, he's just had his best season, do you think he'll bench him on the opening day if they're both fit? That's I do. One. I don't I, think he... Callum Wilson has a tremendous record on the first day of the season as well. Throw that I, in the mix. I think he will do, though, because we've seen before he's not afraid to make those decisions. Didn't Callum Wilson score two in one game and then the next game he was on the bench? I think I think he will. I think he'll start him from the bench against uh, against Aston Villa. I think he'll have Isaac up top. I and... think he'll play them both. You think so? What you, you yeah, think I mean, I'm back through the middle, but I think he'll play them both because I think he'll sit there and say, Aston Villa are a tough side, they turned us over badly at Villa Park at the end, towards the end of the season. They're up and coming. I don't like it because Emery was the guy that was supposed to have my job, and now he's proven that he's as good as me, so he needs slapping. So, how am I going to slap him at a home game when we've got to attack? I've got to get Wilson and Isaac in the same side some way. By the way, I'm talking about what I think Eddie Howe will do, not what I would necessarily do. And I think Eddie Howe will want them both in the side. What happens after the opening day, we all we don't know. It always depends on results. But I think he's not... He's very loyal. While you say he's not afraid, Andrew, and it's correct of making tough decisions, he's also loyal to players he thinks he should be loyal to. They'd give him service, whether that's Dan Byrne, whether it's Callum Wilson, uh, whoever it is, is generally loyal. And I think if he can think he can show on them both, then he'll do that. Does but that decision... It, you know, it is a great... But, uh, Sam, does that decision depend on Newcastle United buying 
an out-and-out left-back because I, I felt one of the things that restricted Isaac when he was out on the on the wing was the fact that he did have to track back. And he did a better job than Maxi, but again, I didn't feel like he enjoyed that role too much. And I'm just thinking, if they go out and buy a world-class left-back where you don't necessarily need that as much tracking back off the left winger, maybe then Isaac might enjoy himself more on that on that flank. Does any forward enjoy tracking back? I don't think... Um, Miggy does it with a smile. Yeah, but Miggy does everything with a smile. Um, will Miggy even be in the first team this season? Have we already seen the best of him? Again, it depends. There's still factors. Uh, you know, here we are, start of July. All right, we've got one through the door. There, there's still plenty more to come, I'm sure. So it depends what, you know, the balance of the squad looks like. Um, you've got so many contributing variables because, okay, do you put him on the left? Do you go to a... Four two three one, for example, and play him as a ten. But then you've got the midfield dilemma. Like, where do you put Joe Linton, who was one of the players of the season? Do you want to take that spite out of his game from the middle of the park where we need him? He's done. He's done pretty well on on the left when called upon. But I'd, I still prefer to see him in the midfield. If you go four two three one, that can't really happen. So it, it's there's a lot of factors that can affect like and, and like you say with with the left back situation as well left back recruitment's going to be probably the hardest out of all the positions we need because there's not many good ones around that are available um and I can't see Teo Hernandez being realistic to be honest it'd be great if it was but I can't see it personally um there's yeah there's a lot of factors which will kind of influence and affect Eddie Howe's decision making when it comes to the final third Firstly, if you write a piece about it on your castlefanstv.com, it'll come true, Hernandez. So after this podcast, Sam, go away and write it. Okay. Secondly, um, do you think there comes a point, though, when Isaac knocks on the door and says, look, I'm a centre forward. I need to be playing up top. And I guess you can also ask that question of Callum Wilson. If Callum Wilson is sacrificed to the bench, does there come a point when you have, you know, you're going to have at least one unhappy player to satisfy the other uh, player's demands. Uh, well, the one unhappy player is Ryan Fraser, but <laughs> he won't be here much longer. Considering like the attitude and the and the morale and spirit you see from the outside looking in of that group, I, there's no real troublemakers. Like even even St. Maximin, who we were told when he first signed, oh, he's trouble. He's troubled. His attitude stinks. He fell out with Vieira, this, that, and the other. Like the, the attitude that guy's shown since he's been here, even when he's not been in the team, has just been first class. So I don't think he'd be the type to bang on his door and say, I want to play here and only here. I think he'll do a job when when, when he's asked to. Um, it, it's an interesting one because, like you say, both forwards have had injuries, more so Wilson than, than, than Isaac. Um and you'll be, it'll be a balancing act. Wilson will get injured next season. It's inevitable. He, he, he can't, whatever he does, bless him. And he's a fantastic striker when he's when he's fully fit. 18 goals. Amazing. I mean, how he hasn't got a hat-trick the season just gone, I will never know. Because there's been so many times where he's bagged two and uh, had a couple of chances which just haven't fell for him. Um, yeah, I think strength and depth is what we needed and what we're all clamouring for. And we've got it. So... We're in a pretty good situation, and, and like John said, it's such a happy problem to have. It's a hell of a lot better than uh, choosing who to play, Dwight Gale or Hosselu. 
albeit ones at Real Madrid now. Oh, Chris yeah. Wood. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's very much not at Real Madrid now. I'm sorry to spoil the party by mentioning Chris, but I thought I would just do that. That shows how far we've come. He was one of our early buys at 25 million, which was well over the top when you at the time. And and look at we now buy Isaac and have a problem with whether we play a Swedish international or an English international at centre forward. And Nottingham Forest, I love them to death because they actually bought Wood and Shelby. And that takes some doing, mind. That's called courage, if not stupidity. Yes, I think a lot of Newcastle fans uh, would share your love for Forest given their transfer dealings last season. Sam's going to have to shoot off now. So thank you, Sam, for coming on and, and sharing your love for Alexander Izak. We'll catch up very soon. Um, what pleasure. I will do, before we sign off, how many goals is Izak going to get next season? If he stays fully fit, he'll, he'll get at least 20. At least 20. That's kind of sitting on the fence. Give us a number. Go on. 22. 22. Right, we'll lock that in and we'll revisit this back in May next year. But Sam, it's a pleasure as always. And uh, we'll catch you very soon. Thank you, gents. Take care, Sam. There we go. I mean, you know, Sam's love for Alexander Isaac, John, uh, is no secret. I, I want to pick up, though, on the formation point that he, he mentioned a couple of times. And, you know, he was saying, do you change it? And it's interesting because that formation point has sprung up a couple of times, not just when we're talking about Alexander Isaac, but, you know, throughout the season, you know, when Newcastle were linked to James Madison, people were saying, well, you will have to change the way Newcastle set up to fit him into the team. And my response is always, well, Eddie Howe is not going to change the formation. It, it worked so well last season. Why would he change something that's got him to the top four? The, the majority of the team is the same. They work in these positions. But it's interesting that Sam suggests maybe getting a number 10 role into that team to suit Isaac and, and then still have Wilson up top. Yeah, that can easily be done. He is not the sort of manager that likes to tinker too much with formation. I mean, I'm even told that if Madison had come to Newcastle, he would have been played wide so that he could keep the same formation. He, he would have played up top as one of the three players on a but wide. Um, and he will not easily change the situation. <clears throat> he will change the situation during a match, Eddie, the, the formation. He might change the formation for the odd game, but he won't suddenly abandon the three up top. Uh, he won't suddenly say, right, I'm now going to do something else because of the personnel we've got. It fits in easy. He would rather fit in <coughs> Isaac coming in off the wing to finish. He knows he'll get less goals than he would get at centre-forward, but he'll score more goals than the bloke who you play outside left instead of him, even if that's Joe Linton, because Joe Linton, and I never thought I would say this, could actually can actually score goals in a forward position. Now, I never said it when he was centre-forward, but he's matured a lot. He's a hugely different player. His maturity is shown by the fact that he's a full Brazilian international now. And um, it's going to be interesting. You see, we are concerned how do you play get both Wilson and Isaac in the side? How do you get Joe Linton and Willick and Sean Longstaff and Bruno and Tonali into the midfield, etc., etc.? Somebody's got to miss out. But by Jove, 
people don't stay fit. Look at our midfield on the last day when we went down to Chelsea. We had no Willock, we had no Joe Linton, we had no Sean Longstaff. We had Bruno, a young lad, Elliot Anderson, and Gordon switched from a wide position to have to play off the centre midfield position. So we need that strength and depth because injuries will come along. Suspensions will come along as the season goes on. The way Joe Linton plays now, bless him, and we need his bite. When ever think we'd talk about Joe Linton's bite when he was playing centre forward and he was scared of his own shadow. But he got 10 bookings last season. He got suspensions because he puts his foot in in that midfield. And we're going to go to Europe. And by the way, I mean, it is absolutely correct that the Premier League and the Champions League is going to dominate our thoughts this coming season. But can I just make a little plea that we don't totally forget the FA Cup and the League Cup? Because if we are going to get the monkey off our back and win our first piece of silverware since 1969, it's going to be in one of the two domestic cups, I would suggest. We ain't going to win the Champions League or the Premier League this coming season, but we could win the FA Cup or the League Cup. And I want we to win something. Because I'm beginning to forget what it was like to win the European Fairs Cup because it was that long ago. I was a young whippersnapper at the time and I'm an old whippersnapper now. Um, but I want to win something. So if we're not going to dismiss those two, we're, we're hitting on all four. And, and that takes some depth. Believe you me, that takes some depth. In midfield, we were exposed horrendously last season. None more so on the last day at Chelsea. And right now, you know, that's only changed by one man, Tonali. You know, it's not as if we need deep in players all over the, the, the pitch. Do Newcastle therefore need to sign a, a third striker? So I did a video, John, the other day on our YouTube channel and our listeners I saw it, yes. uh, may have come across it. And in my view, Newcastle need to go out and sign a striker. Now, whether that be a, a young man, whether that be a 30, 31-year-old just who can fill in for, for a couple of seasons, I think they are short. Now, people say, as you've mentioned there, Joe Linton, Anthony Gordon scoring goals up top for England. St. Maximum can play there. But for me, I'd like an out-and-out striker. You mentioned the depth. W what's your take on it? Because it, because Isaac, obviously, and Wilson are, are, are key to, to the answer. Yes, it, it, it is a fascinating question. And in an ideal world, you would say without question, we need a, a, a striker. Uh, but is it priority? You know, we aren't going to get in everybody we want this summer. We've got one midfielder, or we're going to get another attacking midfielder, or we're going to get a left back, or we're going to get a right-sided centre-half, or we're going to get somebody across the front three whether it's an out-and-out centre-forward or somebody that can play across the front. We want all of them. Yet, all of a sudden, we are seriously considering a right-back from Southampton when we've got Trippier in the first team and we've bought Ashby to, to provide some sort of backup. So, we will get the best players that are available. And in an ideal world, with Wilson's injury problems, I don't share your concern, Andrew, with Isaac regarding injuries, but there's no concern with Wilson. We know he'll be injured. And that leaves only Isaac for your centre-forward. Yes, you could play Gordon as a false nine like he's done, but it's a heck of a difference, by the way. 
playing for the under-21s of England against other under-21s and playing in the Premier League against Man United and Man City and Arsenal. But if anyhow does, as you suspect he will do, against Aston Villa and play Isaac out on the left and play Wilson up top, mm. and you imagine, let's say it works, hopefully it does, and then he sticks that for the next 10 games, there's always a risk, and it is always a risk, someone gets suspended. Someone gets injured. Someone just oh, doesn't get the ground running. Of course. And that's my concern. That even let let let's take out the possibility that either of the other two get injured, right? Wilson and Isaac stay super duper fit. One though could get a, a suspension. One gives a little elbow to a defender. One just doesn't have the form. What do you do then? Because if, if you, you only play got the other center, ones, you play the other one centre forward and bring in one of your eight hundred and fifty-six wingers. Yeah, but, be but, it Jordan, be it St. Maximum, be it Murphy, be it Almiron, be it Anderson. Okay, but then chucking, okay, chucking that one does get injured, and it's a it's a it's a seven eight game absence. Are you then are you then going? Oh dear, we've only got one out and out striker. I mean, yes, but. Uh, Having lived for so long in the world of Mike Ashley and um, and uh, Steve McLaren and Steve Bruce and Joe Kinnear, I'm rather grateful in understanding that we we take this development step by step. Although we did a, a, a Bowman leap, a long jump leap from Mexico in the World Cup. We did that last season from relegation to Champions League. But we take it step by step and... Um, do I want a centre-forward? In an ideal world, I definitely do. But do I want a centre-forward ahead of a left-back that can go straight in the first team? A centre-half that could go straight in the first team or midfielder that can go straight in the first team? I'm not certain I do. Like, I'm not certain I want a right-back uh, from Southampton before I want a left-back from somewhere else because left-back's more of a priority in my mind. Having said that, the problem as well, Andrew, in buying your centre-forward, supposing we accept that us Geordies are going to get everything. You know, we're looking in the tuck shop and we now can buy anything in the tuck shop, so let's gorge ourselves. So we'll get a centre-forward as well as all these other positions. The difficulty is who you get. Because he's going to come as the number three centre-forward behind Wilson and Isaac. So he's got to be a kid or a 31-year-old. Somebody that's willing to sit as the number three striker on the bench as a 31-year-old or a kid learning the game. You're not going to get a striker from 21 to 28 willing to come and be number three unless he's duff, unless he's Chris Wood and he's very appreciative. Uh, you're not going to get them to do that. So the, the second difficulty in getting your centre-forward is who then you get. They mm, will no. say yes. They will say yes. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very valid point. Um, let's get back on to Isaac and his kind of his attributes, the way he applies himself. He's deceptively strong. I think that's one thing that if you don't follow Newcastle United and you don't analyse how players play up here, I think that's what, People outside of Tyneside don't realise that, okay, he looks like a stick. Uh, yes. He looks very soft. But I tell you what, he's got a bit about him. He knows how to put it about. Oh, there's absolutely no question about that. He's build when he runs on the field. Um, he's like a giraffe, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's, his thighs are thin enough for you to put your two hands around. So you think, oh, dear me, he's going to be weak. 
is Bambi on ice is not is is perfection on ice and he is as you rightly said much much stronger than he looks and more physical and because of his height leaning on you and quick quick and quick frightens people pace has from the days of supermac and before that way way back in jackie milburn's time pace frightens people i remember him running from his own half to score a goal against blackpool in the 1951 cup final from he just inside his own half the ball was released and he sticks in the net and he just flew away from the defenders you think they had leaden boots on and it's been done since if you haven't got that sort of pace that milburn had and supermac had You've got to have the all-round game that Shearer had uh, because pace is the thing that terrifies people. And this Newcastle team, in most positions, have great pace. I don't think they've got a lot of pace across the back four. And that's why I want me centre-half that signed, me right-sided, to have pace to burn because we haven't a lot of pace in there. But in other positions, we have pace. And Isaac has that. I mean, Wilson's no slouch, but Isaac's much, much quicker than Wilson. Yeah, and one thing that sets Isaac apart from Callum Wilson is his footwork. I mean, you mentioned that Everton assist, the way he dazzled oh. the defence. Oh. But he, he, he just draws the opposition in, and then it's just bang, bang. I think towards the end of last season, who was it against? Uh, oh, I'm not even going to try and guess, but it was one of the... the one of the Was it Arsenal, maybe? It was one of the, the games towards the end of last season... And he, he he just he he was on the left hand side by the east stand, and he absolutely sold someone, and it was a tremendous bit of trickery as he ran towards the box. Um, it was it was it was brilliant, and obviously that Everton assist, the ball just seems to stick to him. It's like Velcro. I mean, the, the interesting I can see the comparisons with Thierry Henry. I mean, I think it's dangerous, yet yet. Because Thierry Henry is one of the greatest Premier League forwards in the history of the Premier League and beyond the Premier League when it was the Football League First Division. And, you know, Thierry Henry is that great. But I can see the comparisons. I remember going over to Monaco and seeing, uh, as it happened, and seeing Thierry Henry play and, um, uh, and seeing him when he first came to Arsenal. And where the comparisons are, is the ten Thierry Henry played off the left hand side in the position Isaac played when Wilson was in, and and had such good footwork, but Arsene Wenger realised that while he was terrific out there, he was wasted, because with feet that good, play him in the centre of the pitch, play him where the action happens, where the real stuff goes on, and so he become a centre forward. But you can see why Isaac. And um, and Thierry Henry can be compared. You can see the goal he scored at Forest and the assist against Everton that had Thierry Henry bit. I am not comparing him yet to Thierry Henry because that would be disrespectful to Henry and putting far too much pressure on on Isaac, who was already being called the new Swedish Abramovich. Uh, you know, and but let's say this. He is not the second Ibermovic. He's not the second Henri. He's the first Isaac, and that's what he wants to be, and that's what he will be. You needn't be the second anybody. It's very tempting to compare, but this guy can be the original. But you can see the comparisons, because for a big, gangly guy, 
what feet he's got. I mean, you know, to have delicate touch when you're well over six foot and, and, and you know, like a giraffe, um, and that's meant as a compliment and not an insult to either him or giraffes. It's those little, le- it's those long pipe cleaners' legs, isn't it? Um, but he's he is he is colossal, and you can see his ability is awesome. And how the heck? I mean, I look at quite a few of our signings and think, how did we get a free run at Bruno, and how did we get a free run at Isaac, etc., etc., and maybe Botman. Um, and it's quite amazing. And maybe the one wasn't as free as we thought, but the, the the top clubs in this country weren't lining up, whether it was Man City or Man United, to take Isaac or, or, or to take Bruno. Um, they're lining up for Bruno now, and they'll be lining up for Isaac at the end of this coming season. But that doesn't mean they'll get them, because if we do well enough, they'll stay here. And um, I don't want to put too much pressure on them, because by this... Uh, Hours program or whatever it is, Andrew, because we've we have built them up to being um Super Mac and Shearer and War Jackie and Andy Cole and Les Ferdinand all rolled into one. And um, but raw talent undisputed, you can see it uh, undisputed. He has got the skip the ball skills of a top midfielder and the finishing power of a striker. Yeah, and what and what's interesting, John, is when he does play in that central role, he still drifts out wide and then comes in, and yeah. you know that's not an easy thing to do as a centre forward because often when centre forwards try that, you notice the big gap that's in the centre of the park where you know the crosses are going in, or you know, and it, it can be detrimental to a side. But Isaac does it really, really well. I think the one thing that needs to happen more next season, if indeed he does start as the out-and-out striker who does drift out, we need to see more of the midfield coming into the box because sometimes last season, he'd be getting the ball, he'd be down the flank and he'd be looking for the person to cross it to and that should be him, but he's got yeah. the ball on the wing, so he can't, do you know what I mean? And you just see a bit more from the midfield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Tactically, when you've not only does Isaac do that well, and you're giving them compliments for it, but how has got to get it instilled into his midfielders that he's opening up gaps. And you know what? Bruno's been agitating is the wrong word because that sounds like you're causing trouble, and he's certainly not doing that. But he's been pressing his claim to be unleashed so that he can go forward more because he sees that. He sees the ball dropping in the positions Isaac's left and thought, if I was on the end of them, I'd be scoring goals. I'd be getting eight or nine goals or even ten in a season from midfield. Willick ought to be doing that. Joe Linton ought to be doing that. We've got to have midfielders that when he drifts, the space left, they attack. And, and so that you're on the move, you're going into the space when the ball comes across and midfielders should be scoring more goals I think Bruno already sees that but Willick and, and um, Joe Linton have got to see that, John Ali might well see that himself um, but yes, you're absolutely right, when he drifts we've got to fill that hole because he's dragging people with him defenders will go with him because they're there to leave him alone and if a centre-half goes with him while he goes wide 
there's a big hole there just by automatically it's bound to happen. Mm. And then, I mean, like I say, the fresh thing is when he does get the ball out on the flank and then he takes the defenders on, you know, he, he he's direct, he's straight in the box and he's taking a shot, he's not afraid to shoot. And that's, I mean, it's, it is a joy to watch him and I think he will end up being, if not from the off, I think as the season progresses, I think he will be the, the number one centre forward for Newcastle United. Joe Willick, though, as you mentioned there, to help get the full benefit of Isaac, he needs to score more goals. I think three goals he got last season. It's not good enough for a man of his his undoubted quality. So be really interested to see if he steps up. Um, it, I mean, the other thing about Isaac, John, and this is why I think a lot of fans love him, he's got that, um, we're going to say a word, so if there are young listeners in the car listening to this, I do apologise. He's got that shithousery about him that Jacob Murphy um, is the king of. But he's also got it. He, he's very good at winding the opposition up. He's very good at winding the, the opposition fans up. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. It's a joy to watch again. Yes, there's no question about that. And all the good players have that ability, that little, you can call it nastiness if you wish. But, you know, no more Mr. Nice Guy. You know, Mr. Nice Guy wins popularity contests, but doesn't necessarily win the league. Um, so and he has that little extra, and on on his future, you know, he is the future of Newcastle United at centre forward. Would and this club is built on number nine legends. That has always been the silver thread that's run through the history of the club, uh, and more than anywhere else in the country. You know, you get the number eight shirt, is it, at Liverpool, the number seven shirt at Man U. You get shirts that are particularly uh, idolised because of somebody that was that in position. But from way, way back, from Huey Gallagher, when we last won the title in 1927, number nines have been what Newcastle United are about. Now, these days, the number nine can have any number on his back. But when we talk about number nine legends, we're talking about centre-forwards. People that operate at centre-forwards, regardless of the number on the back. And the future of that position is Alexander Isaac. And that's taken nothing away from Wilson. But he's the wrong side of 30. He's getting injuries quite regularly. He's having a lovely autumn to his career. Thanks to Isaac spurring him on. Because Wilson admitted himself that the reason he got to the World Cup and the reason he got back in the England side at the end of the season is because he had competition. He called it a kick up the backside. Before that, he was Newcastle centre-forward, full point. And if he was out, we, we were in a horrible state. Now, with Isaac, he's not automatic. He's sitting on the bench and he's thinking, my job, if I don't do something special here, I've got a problem. And I could be end up being sold. But even if he does everything right, if we get two more seasons out of him, we'll have done well with his injury record and everything else. Um, when he's not a regular bench impact player, I mean, where he's competing to be a starter, we're going to get about a season and a half out of him, maybe two. And this other guy's 23. He can be here for years. So he's going to, Isaac is going to be the Newcastle United regular number nine. The only question to be asked is when. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean that remains to to be seen. The other thing I like about him, John, is he he knows how to get the best out of the crowd as well. He's one of those players who's is often you know geeing the crowd up. He, he clearly understands the power 
of the of, of, a, of a rock in St James's Park. I am going to make a prediction though. I am going to make a prediction. I think he is going to get sent off at some point next season for the way he jumps up and tries to win uh, headers. Now, I mean that when the ball comes from the defence or the keeper kicks it downfield because he, I do not like the way he jumps. He leads, often he leads with his arm and I am very, every time he does, I've got my hands over my eyes because I just think he's going he's gonna to collide with someone and get himself sent off. So that's my out well, there prediction. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm just going to mention it. You've got something to look forward to there, Andrew. (laughs) Now I understand why you are suddenly campaigning for number nine, because when he gets sent off, which you're predicting he will at some stage, if Wilson's already injured, which could happen at any stage, then you're looking at what we do about number nine. So I follow. Um, But uh, I mean, I look forward, I'm looking forward to this season, but I never look forward to he's getting sent off. Um, But Anything's possible in in football, and yes, he could get sent off, but it, it's not one of the things that dominates my thought. I must say, no, no, sorry, it's just been on my it's been on my mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm closely. I hope uh, not. No, I hope I'm wrong as well. I hope I'm wrong as well. Um, what was the moment then, John, when you realised Newcastle had a player on the hands? Was it that first goal against Liverpool, or did it come it, later it, in the season? Oh no, it was the Liverpool match. Because I settled down at that game and thought, this is a tough game. Remember, it was early in the season and Liverpool weren't uh, the indifferent side they become last season until a big flourish at the end of the season. But they hadn't hit that indifferent spell totally. And I'm sitting at Liverpool and, and Isaac's in the side because of injuries and situations. And uh, I'm sitting watching that game. And all of a sudden, as I say, probably the last time that I had a debut where I said, oh, my goodness, what's happening there was Supermax home debut, ironically, against exactly the same club, where you're suddenly sitting there and thinking, did I actually see that? Did that actually happen? It just looked absolute dynamic striker. And his finishing, his awareness, his, uh, from his pace from naught to bang, three steps in, was phenomenal. And then we ran into this business of him getting an injury and then coming back, a bad injury. And then when he eventually come back, Eddie's saying, and Eddie knows best, he sees him every day, saying he's fit, but he's not match fit. Not match fit by Newcastle United standards with a high pressing game. Because I was getting flummoxed as to why he wasn't getting starts. And I'm beginning to think, I'm actually beginning to contemplate, because we didn't know too much about Alexander at the time, is he dodgy off the park? Like, is he is, is he a, a troublemaker? Why isn't he? Is he Monday to Friday a handful in, on the playing field? Absolutely not, by the way. But you're trying to work out why he isn't getting starts. And it was because of his match fitness. But there was actually people in the national press, because I read it, suggesting... Had we wasted sixty million during that spell when he was out and then he couldn't get back in the side, and I kept thinking to myself, "There's no way we wasted sixty million because I I can just keep seeing this debut at Liverpool in my head, in which he killed their team completely, killed their team in the way that Maxi killed Kyle Walker when Man City come up here, and I thought this guy's got it all." 
But I began to wonder what was keeping them out. And all that was keeping them out was Wilson. Because he, the manager had so much faith in Wilson and could only see Isaac as a centre forward. And um, he wasn't going to replace Wilson at that stage. But at 60 million, a club record buy, we knew we had to have his opportunity. He's run at the side. And when it came, he just confirmed everything we knew. And far from being a potential troublemaker, which he wasn't, he is bought in totally to what Newcastle United are all about. Um, you know, and that is what new signings have got to do at Newcastle. They've got to bring to the table what Bruno's brought, what Trippier's brought, and what Isaac and Botman and everybody and Dan Byrne uh, have brought as well, which is this Newcastle United ethic. Don't be a bad egg. Don't be somebody that doesn't buy in. If you don't buy in, and it's obvious Ryan Fraser hasn't bought in, then you buy out. You buy in or you ship out, and, and that's what's going to happen with Fraser. And, and I think so much work is done now on making certain that a player's character is right, like it was, it is with Isaacs, uh, uh, and it will be with Tonali. We can rest assured of that. Because that's why Newcastle buy them. You, you sometimes think, why aren't Newcastle going and buying this quality player who is available and would fit perfectly in the team? Maybe, just maybe, it's because they don't think he will buy into total 110% commitment to the Newcastle way of playing and to the all for one and one for all. You know, the, the team group at the end of a win in the dressing room, etc., etc. You've got to buy into that. If you don't buy into that, you don't become a Newcastle United player. Isaac is bought into that totally. He 100% has. Um, I mean, the, the Fulham, uh, his appearance against Fulham was, was important. You mentioned there the Forest game down the city ground. Obviously, cool to, to take the penalty and score it. Uh, Tottenham at home, the 6 1. He was absolutely brilliant in that game. That, that pass from Willick, and he was just cool. And to, to, to slip a pass to Lloris, brilliant. You mentioned the error and assist. I mean, there are so many highlights from his debut season you could pick out as standing out. And um, long may it continue. And we'll be back next time, next year, John, talking about how he's scored 20 plus goals. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's made memories for uh, thousands of Newcastle United fans. I'm going to. Sign off, John, by asking you, as I did in the last episode, what does the future hold for Alexander Isaac? What does next season hold for this man? The, the chance to confirm what we all know, that, that this ability was not a one-off season, that this ability is not a flash in the pan, that he has got the mental attributes to go with the God-given ability. We suspect whether San Maximum, who has the God-given ability, has the right determination, etc., to make the best of himself. Isaac has got that. This fella is only 23, and we look at him now and what he's capable of doing. The reassurance for me that he will never be a flash in the pan is watching his feet. You've just mentioned the moments in individual games against Forest, against Spurs, against Everton. And you look at that and you think it's a full package. 
if it doesn't all go to his head and if he remains fit, then he's going to be a star. And I think next season will confirm that. And then I want him to go on and become a legend at Newcastle, not at another club that takes him from us. And I think those days hopefully have gone. We were in the past never been able to resist players going to bigger clubs. The epitome for me, with being my age, is at the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, what will be as in Gascoigne was sold to allegedly bigger clubs, Spurs and um, uh, Liverpool, etc., because we weren't ambitious enough. Those days have gone. We now can match these big clubs. You don't have to leave Newcastle to go to Liverpool or Chelsea or Spurs because next season they're not in the Champions League and we are. So they're no longer the big club that pinch Isaac from us or anyone else from us in the future. The future is his and his future is wearing the number nine at Newcastle United, long-term future. And then his future is can I rank in the memory alongside Huey Gallagher, Jackie Milburn, Supermac and Alan Shearer. And I tell you what, Alexander, go and get the Newcastle history book out during this summer when you've got a spare moment. Read up about those four guys. And if you can get in the rankings with them, you will have had some career. Couldn't have said it better myself. John, thank you as always to you guys listening. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk About Alexander Isaac. I mean, John will be back next week with a brand new subject to get into. Please hit that follow button on your podcast provider. And remember, chaps, I know we've got a YouTube channel and I keep pushing it, but this podcast channel you're listening to on right now, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, where you get your podcasts from, audio-wise, this is the only place to hear this episode full length. You won't get it anywhere else, not on YouTube. It's just here in your ears. So keep following us because it won't be going anywhere else. It's right here for you every single week. And I tell you what, John, I can't wait, wait for the match previews either. They'll be returning very soon. Champions League night. Only place to find it is right here on the Everything is Black and White podcast. All to come. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news. Thank you as always for tuning in. For myself and John, we'll see you very soon. <laughs>